Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 47 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. Or at least, normally that's what we do. This week we are watching two episodes of the show because, Dave, this is it. This, this is the, man. the finale. Mm, this is it, yeah. Uh, it felt for like a year like, this was the new show that, like, never felt like it had really locked into my brain. And then for the last month and a half, it has felt like we've been doing this show for the entire time we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> and now we're done. We we just finished watching episodes 47 and 48 of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Those episodes are called, respectively, Stand, Shine, and Revive. And then episode 48 is called what I feel like is maybe one of the most classic Sentai episode titles of all time which is simply the heroes of love yeah you can't beat that uh i feel like okay to be totally honest i feel like almost every episode of sentai ever could just be called the heroes <laughs> of love you don't like that just applies as a blanket to everybody but it does work really well for o-ranger it does, and it really fits well in the episode, which we will get to in a minute. Um, in case this is the first season of the Super Sentai Brothers that you've ever listened to, uh, in uh, as we close out a season, the last uh, sort of review episode that we do, uh, we skip the five stars and we do both of the last two episodes all at once. And then next week, we're going to come back and talk about sort of like a retrospective on the season writ large. Yeah, so if you are just here for the five stars, um, like life updates about us, then you may want to skip this episode. Sorry, Mom. It's just Sentai from here on out. It's cool, Mom. I literally just saw you today. I don't have any news between right now and when I saw you four hours ago. Um, that's just a little sort of side message for our mom. Uh, I guess the rest of you could ignore that one. Um, <laughs> so do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into this? Or do you just want to roll in? Um, no, not, I, I can't think of anything. Um, I do, I just love the end of Super Sentai seasons. Like, mm. not like, oh, thank goodness it's, oh, like, it's just when everything gets ramped up to 11 and you see into... This sort of, like, beating heart of why Sentai is so great yeah. is always really on display in these last two episodes. The uh, They're in the last two episodes of, of any season. And it's the same and... way with the first few episodes, too, right? Like, the mm -hmm. first story arc and the closing story arc are always, like, so, so, so good. The middle, you know, there's highs and lows, but... They yeah. always knock it out of the park on the finales. Yeah, like, I, and I think, okay, so, like, having watched it, we'll talk a little bit more about this. O-Ranger has not been my favorite season. Like, it's, it's had a tie points. There are things that I really do dig about it. Um, it. It doesn't approach the high watermark of Jetman, I don't think. I don't know if anything ever will. No. Um, but, you know, but I will. I'm sorry, these, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but these last two episodes crushed it. They were so good. Yeah, I think the cruelest thing that uh, O-Ranger has done is not made me slog through a couple of, you know, boring story arcs or, like, ignore character development where it could have happened. The cruelest thing that O-Ranger has done is it waited until the last two episodes to make me love O-Ranger, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, O-Ranger rules, and there's no right, more to I watch. really want, I need more O-Ranger. Okay, well, actually, there is more O-Ranger. I don't know where we could find it. But I was looking into this. There is uh, O-Ranger versus Car Ranger. Yes. And there's so, like, it's like a joint movie and they do, I don't know what it's about. I just know that it exists. I kind of don't, I don't want to know what it's about. I just want to yeah. watch it at some point. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but we are now in the era of Sentai where they do an annual crossover movie. There was actually a O-Ranger, Kaka Ranger movie that we never watched. Oh, no kidding. Okay, well, you yeah. know, maybe we should try and do some specials, like maybe over, over winter or something. It would um, be nice. The, the tricky thing... The tricky thing is that the movies are, for whatever reason, not part of the, like, Shout Factory DVD deals, so they're not in with the boxed sets we already have. Yeah, we'll just have to um, yeah. watch them. We'll just have to watch them. Yeah, just watch and them. And I'm just going to leave that as an open-ended statement. So, no, let's get into this. Um, 
shine something or other shine rise shine be stand, reborn stand, or yeah stand yeah. shine revive it's something like that it, yeah it's, on it's a bunch of where it's a bunch of like positive name. actions right okay so they have if you don't remember from last week the things are really bad the things are very very bad they have um Baranoia has basically taken over earth the rangers have been defeated and just as they were about to get get killed, basically, uh, Doran does this thing. She launches them into King Pyramidor. King Pyramidor takes off into the sky and then launches into a dimension that is like the the Chobriki homeworld is where Doran is sending them. She's like, you're going to go to the Chobriki homeworld and you will recover there and you'll like be cool and then you'll come back and you can save everybody. Uh, Doran herself is also critically injured. So she is back on the Doran homeworld. Which is also like it's the Choriki. It's like the homeworld of Dorans and Choriki. Basically. Yeah. So Doran. Okay, we're going to get to this in a minute. I was going to say no, no, no. Please don't say the thing you're about to say because the reveal on it is. Um, it's it's, 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 it's kind of wild, especially because they never go super deep into it. Yeah. Okay. Let's, so, anyways. Okay. So this episode begins. They have just been sent through this dimension that in the previous episode we told them or we were told, rather, was sending them to the Cherokee homeworld. Of course, the yes. Rangers don't know this, but we, the viewer, do know this. Except that this is like a double, like, dramatic irony situation where not only do the characters in the... Like, the characters in the show don't know what we, the viewer, know. But we, the viewer, don't actually know the thing that we think we know. But the writers of the show know, like, a second hidden thing. Yes. Which is uh, the, the this dimension is dramatic they're going irony to. Just for them. Just yeah. for the people who wrote and were in this show. I'm sure um, they had a oh, great time that week. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Uh, brief sidebar. Let me jump in here. Dramatic irony is when you, the audience, are aware of something that the characters themselves are not aware of. So, for example, uh, if you're watching a horror movie and you, the audience, know that the killer, for example, is behind a door and the character is moving slowly towards the door and you find yourself shouting at that character, don't go through the door because you know that that's where the killer is. That's an excellent example of dramatic irony uh, wherein the author or of the, of the script is using your knowledge beyond the fourth wall to heighten the tension and suspense that you feel as a viewer of that piece of media. But in this case, there is a double turns out. And instead of getting sent through a dimension to the Cherokee homeworld, they are sent into a fire. Just a very big fire. Yeah, they're just like on the plane of fire now. Um, and it's very, very bad. And things are very, very, very hot. And, and, and <laughs> we get a, minute, a bunch of... I, like, there's a minute where I still think that they're going to the Cherokee homeworld. Like, oh man, maybe King Pyramidor isn't designed for like the pure power of Cherokee. Uh, no, because things keep getting bad. And then we are treated to a bunch of delightfully cliche uh, death lines like... Is this the end? Are we going to die? Oh, Dave, do, do you think that I did not write all five of these down? Okay, well, I got as far as, is this the end? Are we going to die? Uh, Jordy, I don't remember what she says, but it ruled. Okay. Just like... Here's, here's the please, cool thing. Yeah. Let's, let's go person by person. So what has actually happened is that they have been intercepted in their teleportation by the Baranoia Empire, who have sent them into a hell dimension of their own construction. Yeah, okay, so real quickly, I just want to dive on that for a second, that Baranoia can apparently create dimensions. Like, they can just create whole dimensions. Uh, they never mentioned this before, and it seems like that is a capacity that they maybe should have been utilizing you know, I, I before feel like, now. I feel as though there have been at least one monster in this season that has sent somebody into an, a weird dimension, hasn't there? There's always at least somebody who's got a dimension. Okay, you know, I, there always is, but the, I can't remember off the top of my head um, But this is a, this is was. sort of that, that on a grand scale. So, they are sort of melting. They get a message from the Baranoia Empire, and Kaiser Boltonote is saying, we've created this hell dimension, you're going to die here, there's no escape, have fun, see you later, deuces. So, in order, this is what the people are saying as they're, like, passing out from this deadly heat. Shohei is, like, frustrated and kind of heartbroken that they're going to die like this without 
having the chance to save the world. He kind of can't believe it. And he's so like frustrated and heartbroken that we can really see it on his face. Jury comes in after he said that is like, don't you talk like that. We're yeah. still the O-Rangers. We are going to pull this out. We will save everyone. Right. Goro then, while those two are talking, says like, everyone, like, please don't lose hope. Like, we need to fight through this. Yuji follows that up by just saying, yes, sir, which yeah, I think is love very that. good. That He's was like, okay. very, very cool. And then Momo is like, hey, I am not going to let this beat me uh, because Momo also rules. Yes. Like, I know we're trapped in a hell dimension with no chance of escape and about to explode, but that's not going to let anything stop me because I am the unbeatable Momo. It's extraordinarily good. Momo, by the way, I did look this up. Momo is in the Gokaiger episode. For, oh, uh, is she? Yeah, oh, it's man. Momo and Goro. Well, that definitely makes me more interested. In, yeah, um, incredible character find of 2018, Momo the Pink, O-Pink. Uh, she's pretty fantastic. So th- this continued, like, they're all be you know, they're being very positive about this. Uh, as Matt said, they do not have a way to escape this. They are all about to die. No, and, like, you can see from the inside of a uh, King Pyramider, like, fire is starting to get in. The walls are starting to melt. Yeah, they're, bre- like, the hull is breaching. Like, things are very, very bad. And then... We hear Doran, like, from downtown. She's like, no, Ranger's like, everything's cool. And she, like, and then this, like, little ball of energy, like, zips out and tags King Pyramider. And then it turns into energy and kind of, like, zips forward. So whatever Baranoia had done, Doran, who is in a coma... Because, I don't know if you remember, because Princess Multiwa shot her, and then she, like, became one with the Force and, like, went back to the Chiriki homeworld to recuperate. She, like, tags, she figures out what Baranoia has done, shoots them with, like, a little teleport ball, and then brings them to where she is, which is, like, the the Chiriki homeworld. Yes. They show up, and the Chiriki homeworld is, like... They land on a beach, and there's, like, a wide blue ocean with a clear sky and a castle floating above that ocean. It's very nice. Yeah, so we hear another voice, and it's and it's saying something, and it's just like, oh, like, I, Doran, like, saw you, and just like, everything's cool. So here's what we find out. It's not Doran. It's a Doran, but it's not... It's not our Doran. It's not like Doran Doran. Right. Except it kind of is a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Except it very definitely kind of is. So they're on a magic island. So they go to the magic island, as Matt said. And here's where we get a little clue into the nature of Doran. Yeah, this is why Doran is her name and also her race. Because all of the Doran are, like, different like they're they're the same thing over and over. It's like they did like some camera trick to make it look like there are fifteen of the same little girls standing around on this island. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like in the in you know Crisis on Infinite Dorans. If there's like a multiversal thing. If they are just like a weird. They're kind of like the Guardians of the Universe. Kind of. Um, yeah. Like because what they say is they're like we Doran. And they're all kind of talking to them at the same time. Yeah, they're like, we, Doran, protect many planets all throughout the universe. Right. Earth is one of them. Right. So I think the idea is, like, yeah, they basically are the guardians of the universe. Like, they are in touch with with Choriki in a way that, like, nobody else is. And, like, they go out and protect slash, like create the life of maybe uh, a bunch of other planets yeah okay now here is the thing that i'm having a little trouble following because when we were first introduced to doran and ricky we were told that earth like millions of years ago had a society of doran and like that's who lived there but i guess they lived there alongside the humans yeah, here's so what I'm assuming. Like, did because Ricky is not a Doran, right? He is a human. So I am wondering if that, like, it was a human society that like called itself the Doran Society or something after Doran, because that would make this sense. seems to indicate that the like that 
your planet's Doran is like a singular entity. Like there's only one Doran per planet. And that's why like it's such a big deal for Ricky to like protect her. Right. He's not Um, just protecting her because like she's the last one. He's protecting her because she is the embodiment of like life on Earth. Yeah. So the Doran tell us that the Doran of Earth, they're like, she's fighting hard. So like, again, hooray, this child isn't dead. Um, and they, they're like, she's in here. So they go in to see her and she's in like a glass hammock. Basically. She's just in like a little bubble thing. She's in a big bowl basically. And her like, okay. So I think the idea is that like her body is recuperating, but her mind is okay. Cause she's like communicating with them telepathically, like through the, the power of Choriki or something. Yeah. And she says like, while my body is still injured to this degree, like until I have recovered, I can't go back to earth. Yeah, too dangerous. But, like, I can send you back, and within you is a great power. The power of your hearts. Yeah. And then she says, unite your five hearts. Unite your five hearts, and Choriki will return. And then she just sends them back to Earth. Like, there's no, there's nothing. Like, there's zero explanation. There's not any instructions. They don't get, like, a power-up. She's like, okay. Like, I sent you from Earth to here. Now I'm going to send you from here back to Earth. Great. Good good luck. Great job. Good luck. Right. Like, when they get back to Earth, they still cannot transform. Yeah, like, nothing has changed. There's no point to this interlude. It's well, like the weakest moment of these two episodes. Okay, it is kind of a weak moment, except that, A, it does give us this big sort of, like, world-building thing. And, B, it lets us know, like, okay... Choriki is something that exists outside of, like, like, like the power just that, the door in. right? Like the power that is coming from like nature is like sparked by the Doran, but it, like Choriki exists, and even if this Doran is dead, it's not like all life in the universe is gone. Like it gives us sort of like a better picture as to like what the stakes are, I guess. Yeah, um, and that's good. And plus, yeah, it's, okay, I mean, yeah, it's a cool scene. Good. No, it is. It's a good scene. And I do I like the idea that, like, Doran is one of many Dorans mm-hmm. um, that I think is really fun. So then now the Rangers are back on Earth. And Earth looks very, very abandoned. Yes. Like, uh, all the shots are just, like, big, empty, empty stuff. And the Rangers are like, okay, well, like, we got we to gotta figure out what's going on. Yeah, like, like the this skies are bad. dark. Uh, and they, they sort of turn the corner and they look up in the, like, up to the sky and they see a giant... Castle, like a giant uh, Baranoia palace. And they're wondering, like, wait a second. That was not there when we left. We have been gone for, like, six hours max. Uh, like, where did that thing come from? Yeah, so my what my notes say is, uh, did they get Narnia'd? Which, uh, which is going to turn out to be the case. So they... Dave, do you want to explain that to... Oh, yeah, sorry. Do I really need to? Well, they've sure. got Narnia'd could mean... Seven different things. Yeah. So what happens is that there was an interlude where they met a fawn. Um, yes. No. So I mean, you, kinda. Kind of. Yeah. Actually, it's not. It's not totally inaccurate. Um, no. What I mean is just they were in a place for what seemed to them to be like six hours, and it's going to turn out to on actual Earth have been a much longer time. Yes. So um, they see like uh, Baranoia soldiers like patrolling and then they hear uh, Acha and Kocha make a propaganda announcement over the speakers and that's very good it's got a very sort of like evil Soviet Russia mm-hmm. feel to it which is great and there's people being led just like there's people being led blindfolded by Baranoia soldiers which and they're going downstairs which like first of all if you need to take people downstairs blindfolding them is a bad idea also this is a like prisoner train of Six people in relative and like clean civvies. I th- <laughs> like um, the people's clothes are fine. Like they're just hanging out. One lady has her baby with her. It's like wrapped up in a blanket. Okay, Dave, that is all true. But let's t- stop talking about those people and start talking about the only thing that matters in this scene, which mm-hmm. is that Ricky shows up with a group of like. Soldiers from the like uh, the O Ranger program, but they're not wearing like their old uniforms. They're wearing sort of like 
uh, commando, like paramilitary uh, commando oh, fatigues, yeah. but they still have their like uh, like whatever the logo is, like uh, UAO. I think it was. Uh, it's just UA, but yeah, yeah. Like they show up, and Ricky is part of like an insurrection group that is fighting against the Baranoia Empire on Earth, even though he doesn't have his powers anymore. And it's like these people just roll up and start destroying these Baranoia soldiers, and it's extremely good. Yeah, um, it's yeah, no, it's amazing. Like I don't have anything to add onto that. It's just like I don't know where these dudes are fighting, and they like ruin those Bar- paranoid soldiers. It's yeah, great. well, because also the O Rangers are like, ah, oh, well, there's Ricky. Uh, we're gonna go beat up those paranoid soldiers. That is what yeah. we're here for. So the, it is now that Ricky reveals, like, hey, like, how have you guys been? Like, it's been six months. And they're like, whoa, no way, six months. Uh, and he's like, it's cool. The chief and I never doubted that you were still alive. So now we do, of course, realize that the chief is still around, which we assumed before, but uh, it is now confirmed for us. Yeah. So what they say has happened, or at least what the O-Rangers assume has happened, is that Doran meant to shoot them off to the Cherokee homeworld like for a minute. But the, going through the hell dimension messed up the timeline of like how long they were supposed to be gone. So by the time they got back, all of this stuff has happened. Yeah. So uh, Ricky says, like, okay, like, let's, like, we got to get out of here, basically. We go from there to the palace, like the the, uh, Baranoia Palace, and we see Dowager Empress Hysteria, and she has a tiny robo-baby. So... This leads to all sorts of weird questions for me, which is like, how do Baranoia robots procreate? I mean, like, so it's been six months, which, so they so they have a different, obviously, like... Uh, gestational period, yeah. Yeah, or they just built this baby. My assumption is that they just build the baby, like, that makes sense to, to me, um... So anyways, Empress, uh, Dowager Empress Hysteria has has this baby, and she's just sort of, like, carrying it around, and it's, um, well, deeply unsettling, I think is a good, is a good way. Yeah, I mean, it's not as hideous as, like, Bulldunt was when Bulldunt was a child. It just looks like a baby doll that's also a robot. Yeah, it's creepy. And it's, like, slightly animated slash animatronic, like, it kind of moves its face around a bit. Um, I don't know. It's not the most troubling robot in this series, but it's certainly not the least it's, troubling yeah, it's robot. It's not the least troubling. I'll say that much. Um, so, um, Anja and Kocha, like, she shows up and then Kaiser Bulldog and Empress Multiwire are there and they're like, ah, hooray, like, we're doing such a good job destroying Earth. Like, isn't it so cool? So, Anja and Kocha arrive and they say, ooh, bad news, boss. O-Ranger is back. But don't even worry about it. I have sent a spy. So we will. I've sent this by. I will we'll figure out where they are. It's only a matter of time, and then we will finally crush O Ranger once and for all. Great. Yeah. And like they still can't transform, so like this is all good. Yeah. Like this is only like we're just kind of counting down the clock to like dot our dot our eyes and cross our t's here because like these guys are not actually a problem. Okay. So down in the sewers, the uh, like Ricky leads them to the hidden base of the rebellion where mm-hmm. like they roll in. And everyone is like scurrying around and doing rebellion like paperwork. And yes. the chief is there on the radio. Oh my gosh, the chief is so good. Dude, the chief is so good in these episodes. The chief is on the radio delivering like inspirational speeches to what I assume are other scattered guerrilla resistance cells like scattered across the globe. Which we do get confirmation exist. Like, they all say in a minute, oh yeah, we have allies all over the world who are fighting to resist Baranoia. Yeah, I really had hoped, again, man, I had really hoped for like a brief international montage. Uh, kind of bums me out we didn't get it. Anyways, but the, the Rangers, the, the scene where they are reunited with the Chief is very nice. Oh man, it's good. Uh, like, he is just, it's great because you can see... That he does not want to... Like, he's still the chief. And, like, he doesn't want to break that too much. I think the impression I get, at least, is kind of for their sakes. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and for, for the sake of everyone else in the like all of the other people who are part of the rebellion, right? Like, he he needs still to needs to be the chief. That sort of degree of composure and authority, but like for the first time in six months, like he finally has hope. Oh my gosh! Mm. And his friends are back, right? Like we said, man, this. It's always these last episodes that really drills down into like what makes O Ranger great and I or what makes Super Sentai great. And I think at the core you can just say they're great because they're about heroes. Like they're about heroes who are heroes. And they're not like you know, Jetman is great because like there was a lot of conflict, but at the core of it, they're all just heroes. Yeah. And like, oh man, the thing about the chief in these episodes, there are two things. One that we'll talk about a little more. Well, that is that it becomes very like you are reminded in these last two episodes that the actor who plays the chief was the Blue Ranger from the very first Sentai show. Um, because like he just does a lot of cool stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, right, this guy. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I knew that he had been in. I couldn't. I didn't remember that it was the very first uh, season. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he was the Blue Ranger from uh, Go Ranger. Um, because O-Ranger was sort of a anniversary series, and so they were bringing somebody back, like, from, like, the first one to be part of this one. I think we talked about it, uh, near the beginning of this season, but that was over a year ago. Um, the other thing is that, man, if the chief that we got in these two episodes was, like, had been this way throughout the entire season, this chief would definitely rival the Jetman chief for, like, best mentor, because he Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, so they now start talking about, like, the Rebellion exists, it's all over the world, all these people will, like, fight to the death to defeat Paranoia. The O-Rangers are like, oh, yeah, totally, us too, we are on board. Like, yeah, definitely, like, that's kind of our... Let's make that this is, thing happen. That's our whole thing. And then another happy reunion happens because Mikio walks in the room. Remember Mikio, the small child from the previous episodes? If you've forgotten, that's fine. He's generally interchangeable with all small children in Sentai shows, but this happens mm-hmm. to be the one from the previous episodes. Um, yeah, he has he has been around. He is the one who like he was trapped with the chief. He's the first one who like saw Baramicron. Yeah. So he rolls in, he's like, Oh man, oh Rangers, so good to see you guys. I have grown two centimeters since you saw me last. It's been six months. That's how the passage of time works, and I've grown. I am a child. And everyone is very <laughs> excited to see him. It's like, oh, yeah, welcome me into your midst. Me, a human child. Um, except this is 100% not a human child. This is a paranoia soldier who has been disguised as this human child to be able to infiltrate and find out where they are. Yeah. Oh, Matt, uh, just real quickly, I, I looked it up. The chief, uh, the actor's name is Hiroshi Miyauchi, mm-hmm. and he was in uh, Gorenger, but he was also in Jakku as Big One. Oh, he was the Big One. Yeah, so he was in both the first and second season, and then he also played the uh, title character of Kamen Rider Volume 3. Oh, no way. So, yeah, so he's been in Kamen Rider as well. Cool, cool, cool. Man, I... Yeah, anyways, sorry Man, to... Uh, someday I will have time to watch Old Common Rider, but sadly, I do not think that is going to be today. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, um, this child is not actually a child. He is, in fact, an evil robot. Uh, um, once that is revealed, Ricky does not hesitate to destroy him. Dude, Ricky is on edge. He's six months deep into Freedom Fighter mode, man. <laughs> and also, as far as, like, straight up combat goes, Ricky is definitely the most competent of the of all the Rangers. Oh, um, sure. So they they explode that spy bot fairly quickly. Like, it's one Barra soldier. It's not a big deal. And then a t- the TV flips on. Uh, I assume this is just like a broad a broadcast that, that the uh, Baranoia is doing. And they say, what up, O-Rangers? A, we know you're back. B, we know that yeah, fake Mikio is dead, which means that you know that you don't have the real Mikio because we've got the real Mikio. Come to Cape Atoshi. If you ever want to see him again alive. Pow. And then uh, Barra soldiers attack the hidden base. So Tons of Baranoia soldiers attack the hidden base. Tons of Barra soldiers. Yeah. So the UA soldiers are fighting. And the chief says to the O-Rangers, he's like, listen, you guys go to Cape Atoshi. We will handle this here. Um, Right. And he says this as he, the chief, is just ruining Baranoia soldiers. Ah, um, There is a a little note that I made that the chief has black gloves on now. 
that's how you know he's serious. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, we haven't seen him wear them before, but now it's just, he's like, oh, I think I'm going to have to, like, ruin some fools. Let me get my punching gloves. Um, and he just has these gloves on, and now he's destroying people. And I really, really like the idea. I really like the, in my sort of, not my head canon, because I know this doesn't make sense, but in my heart canon. Okay, love can it. Can we make that a thing? Let's make this a thing, guys. Feel free to spread this. This is a new phrase. I've just invented it, and it might need some refining. The phrase is heart canon, and it's not an actual explanation of how you think a fictional thing is, but it's how you wish it was. Right, like how it resonates in your soul. Yeah, so in my heart canon, uh, the chief himself is, of course, like a retired ranger. Like, maybe... It was like a common Rider situation where there was only one, like there was one O-Ranger and he was like doing secret stuff before to like help develop all the technology, but now he's too old and the O-Ranger's doing it. Dude, how much would you have loved to have seen like a two episode arc that was just the Chief and Ricky like running this rebellion and just ruining fools? Uh, the only problem I would have had with that is if it was only two episodes. <laughs> so they kind of like uh, plot teleport to the Cape, and the, so like the Rangers are there. Um, they're so and they see Mikio, and they're sort of running towards Mikio, and then the Imperial couple arrives, and they sort of stop them, and they're like, "Oh, Rangers, cool to see you. Super glad you're here. Prepare to die." Parenthetical. Um, like, on one hand, I do get why you're here, which is to save this child. On the other hand, why are you here? Like, you very definitely cannot beat us. You can't even transform. You know it. We know it. This is absolutely futile. You idiots. Right. But, like, the the O-Rangers are not willing to uh, go down without a fight here. Like, their mission is to protect lives, and that is what they are going to do. And so Goro just, like, charges in. And he kind of, like, dives past Multiwa and, like, ducks under uh, Bulldone's sword swing. And he gets to Mikio. And he's, like, fiddling with his chains when Bulldone just turns around and slashes him across the back. Yeah, I mean, that all happens, like, very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then Empress Multiwan, uh, Kaiser Bulldone, sort of, like, back off respectfully and let Goro monologue for a second, which is very nice of them. Mm-hmm. And Mikio's like, oh my gosh, why are you here? And Goro says, he's like, listen, like, we are here to save lives. Like, that is what we do. And this is what we are about. And this is human courage. Like, even if it seems hopeless, like, I am going to do everything I can, even if I can only just save you. Yeah, he says, even, like, if, I, like, even if I can't contr- uh, transform, I'm still a member of O-Ranger. No matter what happens, protecting the lives of the people is our mission. Oh, thank you for getting that quote down. So, the other rangers. Oh, man. You know this is one of my favorite moments in any, in like every Sentai where it happens, is the heroes like don't have access to their power, and they don't care. Because having the power is not what makes them who they are. Like, having like their hearts is what makes them who they are. Mm-hmm. And even without the power, they're still the O-Rangers. Yeah. Oh, oh man. My, like, it's... Like, this one does not get me to, like, well up with tears the same way the one in uh, Die Ranger did, but it it definitely got me a little shook. Oh, yeah. Um. So, the other rangers hear this, and, like, there's no hesitation. Like, they are immediately in. So, like, they also just attack. So, they attack, and then, and I do really like this, they are definitely losing, Oh, very badly. Like, this is not, like, a magical moment where, like, they discover that, like, the power was in them all along. Like, no. The power is very definitely in their Super Choriki suits. (laughs) Um, Like, they're trying real hard, but they are not able to beat, like, the universe's two deadliest battle bots. So, they are sort of, like, down and bleeding on the beach. And... Uh, Bulldoze and Multiwa are closing in, and then lightning strikes, and the sky goes black, and, like, there's an image that they see up, like, a sort of a projected image on the sky. It's an image of Doran, and Doran, like, they hear what Doran had said to them when they were on the Cherokee homeworld, like, you have within you a great power, it is your hearts, like, unite your hearts, 
and Choriki will return to Earth. Yeah. So the Rangers, starting with Goro, sort of struggle to their feet. And Goro says, like, we won't ever give up. And then I now I will give O-Ranger this. I think this might be it's definitely top three. It might be the best tension I've ever seen. You yes. This is this this is in my notes. Uh well actually what is in my notes is it says, Oh, push it. Push it to the limit. So um. We should actually, we should go back at some point and do like a top five henshins list, but this is definitely top two or three, maybe the best ever, because what happens is Goro stands up and he is like, you can see like the fire inside of him and he stands up and he's like got his arm flexed in front of him and he's like grimacing and you see his, his Choriki form like Fade in over him. Right. And, he, and then it and kind he of just starts like away. shouting. Like yeah. not shouting words, just sort of like just like, oh Um And so he like does it and it like doesn't work. But like he sees it for a second and then he does it again. And like it fades back in for like just a second and then it fades away. And then he looks up and he says, like, Choriki is returning. And this is awesome because, again, it's not coming from Doran. Apparently, it is coming like the O-Rangers themselves have become the conduit for for Choriki power. Right. Like, Choriki is a thing that gave them their power. And then they lost the Choriki. And now that Choriki needs them, like, the power of their hearts is restoring Choriki on Earth. Like, the power of their love and courage is bringing, like, the power of nature on Earth back to life. It's Uh, so good. And then, so then he does, like, a final, like, and then he does, he does transform. Like, he, he engines. And then all of them engines. One of the, they, they do uh, it one at a time, so each one gets a good, like, shouting it's a, face close oh, yeah, up. it's a very good pose. Uh, there's jazzy trumpet music in the background as well, so you know things are going to go, gonna, are turning around. Uh, we get a real quick interlude with the Chief and Ricky, who are still fighting Barra soldiers. And I, I can't remember what it is. I didn't get it in my notes. But the Chief notices something, and he's like, oh, Ricky, like... No, it's Ricky he, notices it. What happens is, once, oh, they, that's once right. they all transform back, like, lasers shoot out of their bodies straight up into the sky. Then we cut to underneath the uh, Arranger's base, where there are, like, the statues that were the things that Cherokee was, like, coalescing in that were all next to, like, the giant glass pyramid, the thing that we, like, the, the source of the Cherokee power. We see right. all five of those things, like, re-energize the Cherokee pyramid. That thing shoots energy up into the sky. We cut then to what you were saying a moment ago, uh, the Chief and Ricky on, like, a rooftop just beating the absolute heck out of some Barra soldiers. And Ricky feels the Choriki returning. He's like, wait a second, something is happening. Like, something that has not been here for six months is back. And Chief it's is like, dude, Choriki. like, it is like, you need to step on this moment, my dude. Yeah, so Ricky Henshin's as well, and then he starts, like, blasting nerds. Um, so we go back to the Rangers on the beach, and they're like, now the Choriki is back, we definitely won't, like, we won't lose, which is a great thing to say. Um, they definitely did have Choriki before, and they did Definitely did still lose. So that's yeah, not necessarily but, you know. true, but I, I like their optimism. So <laughs> I mean, we're at the end of the know. penultimate episode, so they are definitely not going to lose. For yeah, much they're definitely longer. not going to lose. I don't know if you caught this, Matt, but there is a real great half second where as the battle between the newly henchened Rangers and um, the Imperial couple and Barra soldiers is starting, Yuji just straight dive tackles Bulltone, like, out of mid-air. Like, he's just flying leaps at him and then carries him off camera. I did not catch that. Um, Yeah, it's worth rewinding. You should check it out. So then we get a great fight. Uh, There is a really cool moment, again, actually, with Yuji, because Yuji's, I don't know if you remember this, you, of course, Matt, no, but if we don't mention it a lot, but Yuji's, like, signature weapon is these uh, bladed tonfas. 
that he has. And there is a moment where he's like fighting a Baranoia soldier and he like kind of gets it down on the ground. And then he puts the Tonfas on either side of its head and like slices across its neck. And it's a robot, so it doesn't really do anything. But but like that is a move that would very definitely like kind of cut somebody's head off if he did it on a human. And it looks like super brutal. Yeah, dude. It's really great, too, because this is... I don't know if this is true, but it felt this way. In the course of this fight, everyone is using their signature weapons. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I had not seen those signature weapons in a long time. Uh, no, I think you're right. They have. Uh, we may have seen Star Riser. Sure. A little more frequently than that. But no, I think you're right. We haven't we haven't seen them in a while. But like, Jury had her nunchucks. And I was like, oh, right. Jury has nunchucks. Yeah, so we go from there. Oh, that's, the by the way, is that is the end of episode 47. Uh, almost, almost. There's there's two. one more thing that happens, which is um, we see Empress, Dowager Empress Hysteria, and she has got the baby. And first of all, if you thought the sound of babies crying couldn't get worse, uh, which is what I thought... I was wrong, because what you can do is you can feed it through a synthesizer thing that makes it also sound like a robo-voice. So, robo-voice baby crying is the new worst sound in the universe. Yeah, just imagine, like, a baby crying on the other end of, a like, a baby monitor, but the baby monitor that you're using has, like, a terrible reception. Yeah, or the baby monitor you're using is, like, one of those early 90s, like, voice-changing megaphones you had in elementary school. Yeah. And you're using the robot voice. It's that. That's what's happening. Okay. So, and then we see Red kind of, like, fighting his way down the beach with Star Riser, and then that's the end of the episode. Okay, so episode 48, The Heroes of Love, opens up with Hysteria holding this baby, and she's saying, like, she's talking to herself, but she really wants Bulldont and Multiwa to stop fighting because... If they continue to fight and they lose, because Hysteria, like, really thinks that they're underestimating the O-Rangers. Yeah, she, um, yeah, it's actually a very interesting switch on her end. Uh, we get a lot more development on Hysteria right right at the end of the season here, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. But, yeah, as Matt says, she really thinks that everybody else is underestimating the O-Rangers. She's like, this is this is a much more dangerous situation, I think, than you guys realize. Right, like, these people and escaped what she says from your is, hell dimension, so maybe you should watch out. Yeah. So she says, she's again, she's talking to herself, and she's like, if they die, like, this baby. Like, what's going to happen to this baby, basically, is, is what she's Right, asking. she kind of trails off without finishing her sentence, but she's basically saying, like, please don't die, you have a child. Like, and this child will be in, a, like, a bad situation if that happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, in <laughs> case you were about to feel badly for Bulldog and Multiwa and, like, their weird family situation, uh, Bulldog and Multiwa do just straight up start this episode by kidnapping a baby and holding it ransom. <laughs> Or hostage, yeah, rather. so what happens is, is like, the fight has actually started to turn around a little bit. Uh, the Rangers are doing very well, and the Imperial couple is is kind of on the ropes. And so they see some Barra soldiers they, that have got another, again, like a hostage train, and they're like, oh, there's a baby over there, great. So they pop over, grab the baby, and then teleport away. And they go to the same spot. Um, I'm not sure that this is true, but I think this is where Die Yellow fought the Drunken Tofu monster. Um, Could be. But so they've got this baby up on like some scaffolding or or something. And the Rangers arrive and Kaiser Bolden says, listen, take off your suits, like lose the suits or the baby gets it. Like I have a sword. I will murder this baby. So the Dowager Empress is... It's not really clear how she, like, sees this, but she is aware that this is happening. And she has a moment where she's like, oh, don't, like, you shouldn't do that. Like, you have a baby. Like, you should get that, even if you're fighting, maybe, like, babies are off limits. Like, don't kidnap a baby, dude. Right, like, the baby that I'm holding here is no less, like, is the same as the baby that you are holding there. Like, they're both lives that need to be preserved. Yeah. So, um, so again, the weird moment from from the Damager Empress. Um, so there's a little hemming and hawing, but the the Rangers do do dehension. I guess they just henshin. That just means they they transform, but they henshin into people rather than into superheroes. And then, of course, Kaiser Bulldog attacks them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he never had any intent on honoring this. And I'm sure that, to some extent, the O-Rangers knew this, but they couldn't just let them murder a baby. Oh, yeah, no, of course. I, I think they absolutely knew that this is what's going to happen. So, Bulldog jumps down, and he's attacking them, Where and Multiwa is still standing on top of the, like, the stuff that's in this yard and holding the baby, like, at sword point, which I don't know how they managed to get those shots without, like, scarring this child for life, but whatever. Uh, man, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so... Or maybe they just didn't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, throughout this fight, Kaiser Bulldogs is like, listen, do you not get, like, this is why you're going to lose. You dehensioned to save a baby that's not even you. And even, and like, frankly, and I'm extrapolating a little bit here, like, I've already killed, like, A, I've killed a bunch of people, and B... If I kill this baby, that's not going to, like, change the fate of the universe. You guys are idiots. This is why you're going to lose. Like, you can't beat me because you're soft, I, I is where he's going with this, because you're humans. Yeah. And as they are fighting, the O-Rangers are like, no, like, we will not, like, give up to this. Like we, like, we will always protect lives. That is our mission. That is what we are here for. That is what it means to be a human. This is human courage. Like, you need, like, that is actually the thing that is making us strong. Like, if we were willing to act, like, they don't say all this as well, but, like, you know, like, it's not the thing that makes us weak. It's the thing that makes us strong. And if we were like you, then we would lose. The same way that you yep. are about to lose, you stupid robot. Yeah, we gotcha. Um, and there's um, this really great bit in this fight because, like, it's all five of them trying to fight Bulldo by himself. And, like, they can't beat him, right? Because he's way too strong w w since they're not transformed. But they can kind of, like, like, all gang up and, like, wrestle him. So, like, one of them runs in, like, grabs the legs. One of them sort of, like, grabs one of his arms and, like, gets him in sort of a headlock. And... Uh, Four of them are able to sort of hold him down for just long enough that Goro, like, dives in, snatches Bulldone's sword out of Bulldone's hand, like, whips it around like a spear, and just throws it at Multiwa. Yeah, so it, it basically becomes a spear. Uh, they de-arm her. She kind of drops the baby. Goro gets it, and then the rangers all kind of form up again and they say this is what it means to be human this is human courage and then the mom runs in and Goro's like here's your baby ma'am like you should probably get to safety and she runs away <laughs> um and then they do another very good henshin and then they do their dynamite attack which is the energy it's the attack where they all like jump up and spin and turn into a ball of energy and, and hit the bad guy. Yeah, it's the one where they which all I turn guess into it's called dynamite attack. I, in I, my, I hadn't remembered that. In my head it is the oh, that's the attack where they're all Sonic the Hedgehog for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good way to visualize it if you've never seen the show. So they dropped that one and uh, <laughs> there's a great moment where uh, Kaiser Bolden and Empress Multiwa say like alright Baranoia's last resort and they grab hands and as they're grabbing hands Acha and Kocha are coming around starting to do their their move where they help make monsters giant right, and then like Acha is swinging Kocha around like, like oh yeah I'm gonna throw him and he's gonna hit you and you're both gonna grow it's gonna be so good <laughs> And then they just grow on their own, and I'm just, just like, oh, I, I thought that was my cue. Yeah, I really thought this was going to be, like, our moment. And, like, there's this great little moment where when he stops, like, when he stops swinging Kocha around, it just kind of, Kocha just sort of, like, drops down and kind of, like, falls and wraps around Acha's leg a little bit. Like, just because, like, he's lost all momentum. And it's, like, I don't know what about that little moment tickled me so much, but I really love it. <laughs> um, No, it is. It is a good moment. And, dude, Ancha and Koja is, I don't know. They're weird characters. 
Yeah, well, let's let's circle back around on them at the very end of the episode. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we go from there, and uh, it, it's basically a fight. Like they they do summon O Ranger Robo, right? Who, if you the were, original robot, if you will remember, is the only one that was not like captured and disabled during the Baromicron fights. Yeah, so they they've got him. Um, Kaiser Bolden says, I'll show you my true power, which is always uh, fun to see. I like to see people's true power. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So they're they're starting to fight. But again, it is, it's only O-Blocker, or uh, O-Ranger Robo, rather, versus both giant Imperial, uh, both of them. So it's not going well for, for O-Ranger Robo. Like, he's not powerful enough. The Chief and Ricky are, are looking at this, and the Chief knows it. He's like, they can't win without O-Blocker. Yeah, and Ricky's like, well, that sucks because O-Blocker is still... Like, O-Blocker and Red Puncher were taken by Baranoia. They're still under lock and key. And the Chief just looks at Ricky. He's like, okay, let's go get him. And they just, like... And all of a sudden, now this half of this episode is about the Chief and Ricky, like, staging a daring raid on the Baranoia Palace to free O-Blocker and Red Puncher. It's very good, you guys. Yeah, um, so here's what happens, is they, they break in, they like dip down to the basement, and they are, they kind of make their way without too much trouble, and they, but they see this giant door, they do have, and the chief they, says... You say not too much trouble, there is a cool fight where they beat up some Baranoia soldiers, and I'm only mentioning it because you get to see the chief beat up more Baranoia soldiers, and it's extremely satisfying. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, I didn't, I would never, I would not want to gloss over that. Um, so they see this giant door and they're like, okay, well that's where it is, but it must be made out of some Choriki blocking alloy, which is like how they've managed to, I guess, keep the robots depowered this whole time. And the chief says, listen, Ricky, can you, can you destroy that door? Ricky's like, well, man, I don't know, but I can try. So he runs out and as he is about to do whatever it is he was planning on doing, he is just blasted by, like, a red lightning Tesla coil. And the camera cuts over, and it is Acha and Kocha, and they have their hand on, like, a switch. And they're like, aha, did you think it was going to be that easy? We're here to be jerks. You know, like, which, just, like they're, they're normal thing. They're always kind of yeah, jerks. Yeah, so they're... Yeah, so, like, they're there, and they are, they are in fact, jerks. Uh, they summon a bunch of Barra soldiers to attack the chief. And, uh, you know, this time it's just kind of, you know, one too many, I guess, is the idea. So he, the chief is is losing. He's he's getting taken out uh, by all of these Barra soldiers. And as as the end comes, as we're about to to lose it and the whole world is lost. Finally, the hero, a, the hero, a hero for the ages arrives. A head, a head, a stone head lands in front of the chief. It's Gunmagin. Gunmagin's back. The key is right, is like a few feet away from the chief. And he's like scra- He's like crawling to get towards the key. Ancha and Kocha see the key. They're like, do not let that dude get that key. It will be very, very bad. He does get the key. Ancha and Kocha are right. It is, in fact, very, very bad. So um, the chief turns the key. He doesn't say the words. Like uh, Doka Doka Gun, whatever it is, uh, but it, but it does work. Gun Magin, he's like Gun Magin, Chief. Like, what is your wish? Like, holy cats, Gun Magin, could you please just show up and help for once? <laughs> like, does it? Does somebody have to wish for you to do it? Um, and the answer so is Chief yes, is of like, course. And the yeah, the answer is absolutely yes. So the chief says. Uh, I need you to take out that door. He's like, yeah, no problem. Single sword technique, like seventh style, ultra laser blast. Door's gone. Um, The door falls, and then we see O-Blocker and um, Red Puncher, and they were behind this door, and they did like a little special effect. They were kind of grayed out, and then the color comes back. So, yeah, like that's why they were in this special room. It was blocking Choriki energy from getting to them. Uh, Gummajin sort of like basically gives Acha and Kocha a noogie like like oh like like just like he doesn't bother to destroy them or anything he just sort of like whacks them once or twice like okay like you we are done with you right now 
<laughs> you can go away until the end of the episode. Uh, which which they do. So now, all the robots are free, and all the robots are on the scene. Like, Red Puncher shows up, O-Blocker shows up. O-Blocker is being uh, piloted by Ricky. Red Puncher yeah. just sort of flies out on its own, and Goro jumps over to it. And then the other rangers uh, remain in O-Ranger Robo. So now, with all three Robos in, it's, you know, uh, it's things are pretty sealed for Kaiser Bulldown and Empress Moldiwa, especially since Baramicron is no longer there. Uh, they try their love attack. It is their joint, their love-love twin attack yeah. thing. Um, it is powerful. It's not enough. It's, it's kind of weird because right before they do it, like, Goro is talking about how they need to protect nature and they need to protect love. And Bulldown says, man, like, love sucks. Love is what makes you weak. Hey, Multiwa, come over here so we can do our love attack. Like, there's a uh, real disconnect there, uh, Bulldown. So, <laughs> they do. Uh, they try to do the love attack. And again, it is it is powerful, but it is not, uh, it's not powerful enough uh they they managed to deflect the attack then tackle boy shows up that's rad um they do the love at- they manage to disarm uh multi one bulldoze and then they try to do the love attack again but i guess maybe like without their swords it's not even as powerful as it was a minute ago and oh robo just like straight cuts their energy bolt in half which is a great moment very good um and then they summon king pyramider and then it's King Pyramid or Battle Formation. And then we get the shot that I never get tired of seeing, which is the already giant robots, like a forced perspective shot, where it is them looking up at King Pyramid, who is just so large. Just it's enormous. Unreasonable. I love it. Um, so they do Super Legend Beam on, on Bulldog and Multiwa. And Kaiser Bulldog's last line is, machines will never be destroyed. Which, again, well, I think that Kaiser Bulldog thinks that humans just, like, have beef with machines in general. Uh, which is not the case, my dude. Like, we're basically cool with machines. It was really just you guys. Yeah, like, machines are fine. We just don't like it when they try to destroy our entire world. Um, he says, like, even if you kill us, like, the machine empire will live forever. And then the O-Rangers are like, okay, well, we should probably go take care of that. And they roll into the Baranoia Palace. Yeah. So, (laughs) they roll into the Baranoia Palace. And they see, they see Dowager Empress Hysteria. And she's got this baby. And she's like... Well, what are you going to do? And uh, I think it's Shohei steps forward and he's like, well, as long as you live, Earth is in danger. Like we just like I recognize that you're like an old broken down evil robot now, but you're still definitely an evil robot. We we are going to destroy you. But then she pulls up like it was in its crib and she holds up this baby. And she says, listen, I get that you're going to kill me and I'm cool with that. Like we were enemies this is justice in a way, like, I get that. Right, she says, I am willing to pay for my crimes, but, like, this child is innocent, and you are sworn to protect innocent life. Please, like, spare the life of this child. Yeah. That also so, is a Paul Simon song, Save the Life of This Child. Uh, huh. And now that's going to be stuck in my head all night, and hopefully stuck in your heads too at home. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, so... Goro, Goro pauses for a moment. The two, the other two male rangers are like, yeah, um, that's definitely like the child of Kaiser Bulldog and the grandchild of Bacchus Wrath. I know it's a baby, but it is definitely an evil robot baby, and like we should still definitely kill it. And yet, like as they stand there, no one can bring themselves to pull the trigger. Because, like, you know, it is a baby. And eventually I think it's Momo says, like, I listen, guys, like, I can't do it. Like, I, yeah. I thought I was going to be able to, but, um, like, 
I'm the best, and so I value all life, and so I can't do this. Yeah, I just... Yeah, yeah, just can't do it. Again, Momo, crushing it. It's rad. Um, So Hysteria, she puts the baby down, and she's like, okay, cool. Like, And then she holds up a grenade? Or and she sort of walks yeah. herself backwards towards this window, and she's like... She's like, yes, thank you for like saving this innocent baby. And then she just blows herself up. Yeah, she self-destructs, which is a very... It's it's kind of weird. I feel like it's one of those things that is in this episode because they were writing it and they got to the end. And they were like, well, if the O-Rangers are going to spare the baby, it feels like this is a moment where they would also spare Hysteria and they would just both go into exile or something. But we can't do that. Because that would be a weird ending to this show. So Hysteria has to go out somehow. What are we going to do? Yeah, and the answer is... Yep, she just she just kills herself. You know, it's whatever. But now, now... No, I think it's actually... I think it's a very... I think it's a very cool moment. And in my head, she... She kind of does it for the Rangers. It's like a thank you, you know for I mean? sparing the child? Maybe not like a thank you for... I don't even know about that. But like, at least... Like, hey, let me save you the trouble. Like, let me not make you do this part of this unpleasant thing. Like, we know how this is going to go down. Like, it's cool. Like, I've made peace with it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyways, we go from there to the beach because every single season of this show ends at the beach. Oh, Gun Magic shows up, and she he's like, I'll take the baby, uh, and then we go to the beach because I think every season of this show ends ends at the beach. Most, if not all. Yeah, so the chief is there. He's at the beach. He gives them all a very, very good nod, like a nod that is loaded with import. Right, like a congratulations on winning the game mod. Yeah. Nod, rather. And Not mod. Like... I mean, they could have beaten a mod of the <laughs> game if they, it was a game. You know what I mean. Yeah. So he says, well, now that this has all ended, it is your job to, like, bring back the power of, of nature and to kind of, like, basically, your job is to be at the vanguard of setting all of this right again. Right, like, O-Ranger isn't going anywhere. We've got a lot of work to do, but it's going to be, like, good, healthy building work and not fighting. Yeah. Uh, so then Gunmajin and Ricky show up, and they have the robo-baby, and Gunmajin says, like, I will take this baby, and I will raise it to be a good man, which, like, yeah, rock and roll. That makes as much sense as anything. Sure, why not? I mean, I'm, I feel like Gunmajin will be a terrible father, but whatever. Um, and he says, also, he kind of points out Nacha and Kocha, and he's like... Those two guys, I'm going to bring them with me and I'm going to reform them as well. Gone, Magin! And then he's just out. He just flies to space and Acha and Kocha are like desperately trying to keep up with him. Yeah. Um, Doran is back. Doran teleports back in, so that's great. Uh, and then Ricky and Doran sort of leave and they, they frolic because again, despite their incredible responsibilities and battle prowess, they are still definitely children. Yeah, they just go like skipping through the woods. Yeah, and then like nice music plays. Yeah, I've... well, and then the chief says just real quickly. The chief says, "Oh, maybe it was the Choriki that returned Doran to health." Like, I mean, like, like yeah, yeah that's one hundred percent. They were very explicit that that is exactly, in fact, what was happening. Um, and then like, there's a shot of all of them smiling, and then there's a shot of the sun shining, and that's it for O Ranger. There's a cool, like, montage. There's a new sort of uh, sequence over the closing credits. It's a montage of, like, the whole season uh, that reminded me of, like, some very good moments. And it made me feel very nostalgic about this last year or so. Uh, But that's it. O-Ranger is done. Yeah. And like I said, like, it it ends very... It ends just as it started. Very good. Uh, The middle bits were not maybe the best, but... It really did nail the landing, and we're going to spend a lot more time talking about this next week. But Dave, do you have anything else that you want to say while it is fresh in your mind? Uh, no, aside from, I mean, it's really all the stuff we said. Like, they just nailed 
these last two episodes. Like they were so good. Yeah, really are. Great, great stuff. Congratulations all around, I guess. Um, before we close up here, uh, we don't have anybody to put on the Creature Royale. We're going to do the bosses and stuff next week. Um, but I would like to say that if you are listening to this now and you are going to be listening to next week's episode, um, Dave and I have a few things that we normally talk about in the follow-up episode, and I'm going to try to remember what those are uh, before then. But if you have any questions about this season or, you know, just something you want to throw at us, uh, if we can get some cool questions from the listeners, we will cover those on the next episode. I think that would yeah. be a fun thing to do. Um, and yeah, I guess that is it. Um, that is going to do yeah. it for the final proper episode for Your Eyes Are Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you'd like to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.